Friends, we are exploring the Kutasichas, volume 23, the Sicha for Shuruas. Fascinating Sicha on the last mitzvah in the Torah, the mitzvah to write a safer Torah that every Jew has upon themselves. Um, and uh, the language is it's a mitzvah to write your own Torah. As the verse says, Kisvul Achemes Ashira Azot, write this song, which nominally refers to the section of Azinu, that song, the prophetic song. However, we never write. Torah in, in parts, so therefore it means the whole Torah scroll, and the verse continues that uh, even if you're, the verse continues that uh, 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 write this song and put it in the mouths of the people. The Lambda has been Israel, actually study it, teach it to the people of Israel, and put it in their mouths in order it should be uh, a testimony for the Jewish people. This is the last mitzvah, very important, perhaps the most important mitzvah in the Torah. Write a Torah scroll so that you will remember it and you'll study it and you will have it as a testament. Well, you won't forget to be a yid. So much so the Gemara and Rambam tells us uh, from the Gemara that a person who writes a Torah scroll, aha, it's as if he received it from Mount Sinai. Even if he fixes one letter, Kivla Mehar which is very appropriate now before Shavuos. You, you wrote a Torah, you wrote one letter, which without one letter, it's not kosher. It's as if you received it from Sinai. That's the mitzvah. The discussion is going to be a fascinating one. That we don't see that everybody makes it their business as soon as possible to write a Torah or even to write a letter. Some people never get around to it. Most people do at some point. But it's just a by-the-way thing. It's like a nice thing to do. It's not viewed and taken seriously. The hey, no, did you write your Torah yet? And we're going to discuss that there's opinions, and this becomes a halakha, that today we do this not with Torah scroll, but actually through svarim, through buying Torah books. But then the question is going to become, why don't we have to write the Torah books or print the Torah books or at least, uh, uh, you know, hire an agent who's a Jew who can be an agent for another year to print the Torah books on our behalf to, or, or, or review them because the mitzvah is to write of the Torah scroll. So now you're transferring that mitzvah to books. You should have to write it. Just buying it, how does that do the job? So these are going to be the discussions in this sicha. Let's begin. So at the outset, I want to put it out there. There are two important machlekes and disputes in this subject of Ksiva Sefer Torah, the mitzvah of writing a Torah. The first machlekes, I'm calling it dispute A. This is uh, when a person does this mitzvah, the way it was done primarily back in the day, and I guess is an option today as well, namely that you do it in the old-fashioned way. You actually write a Torah scroll. So the question is, do I have to write it? Or can I buy it? And it's a dispute. Rambam and Ramah, which that becomes the halach, hold, you must write the Torah. Buying doesn't count. Now, writing can be even write one letter or correcting one letter. You can also do it through your agent, but you need to write or commission the writing of a Torah or at least a letter in a Torah. The mitzvah isn't to buy a Torah, the mitzvah is to write a Torah. Whereas Rashi and Emilka Yosef so say, no, this mitzvah can be accomplished just by buying a Torah. It counts. That's dispute A. Remember, that's the dispute. In the, in the case that a person's actually doing this mitzvah in the old-fashioned, original way, namely writing a safer tongue. Dispute B is, how should this mitzvah be done nowadays? What do you mean nowadays? That um, 
Torah scrolls are not really used for Torah study. Torahs are used to be in the shul to lay on Mondays and Thursdays and Shabbos and Shabbos Bincha and Rosh Chodesh and Yatim. When we want to study Torah, we use a safer. We use Torah books. So how is that mitzvah done today? Does it change or does it not change? So here we have a very famous and important machlokas, dispute B. Rambam says that the mitzvah doesn't change. You got to write or correct an actual Sefer Torah. I know you have a whole library of books that you study with. Beautiful. I know that the Torah you can't really study from. You only take it out if there's a minion on special occasions. I don't care. The Torah says the mitzvah is to write a Torah. Let's go back to the mitzvah. Don't be creative. Stick to the rules. However, the rush, one of the great poiskim, decisors of Jewish law, says now, nowadays, being that the Torah scroll is not really used for study, and the purpose of this mitzvah is study, as we said earlier, and therefore today we do it through purchasing Torah books. And this latter opinion becomes the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law. It's the halacha that we go by. That yes, it's still a nice thing and a wonderful mitzvah and a great merit if you can afford to write your own Torah. Participating in a Torah writing, it's not taking away from that. But the mitzvah of, a, of, of this last mitzvah, mitzvah, mitzvah 613, is actually accomplished also, or perhaps only or optimally by purchasing Torah books. Because those are the books we use for study. So the Rebbe poses three questions. Number one, straightforward question. How could the rush change the mitzvah from the Torah's explicit definition of the mitzvah? Torah says, I want you to write this Torah. And the rush comes and says, well, it means Torah books. Times have changed. We don't change Torah. How does that work? Question two. Why don't we find Let's assume that the rush had the broad shoulders to change the mitzvah. You no longer have to do the mitzvah by writing a Torah scroll. You do the mitzvah with Torah books. Because that's what we use for study today. But you should still have to have the mitzvah, the action of writing those Torah books. How come we don't find that people are involved in writing the Torah books? All they do is just go and buy them. We should have to write them or print them or commission someone to do so. And that person would have to be a Jew. Because otherwise you can't commission anybody as an agent of yours to do a mitzvah on your behalf unless that person is also a fellow Jew obligated in that mitzvah. And we don't find this at all. We don't find that people call up, are you a Jewish guy? Are you the one pressing the button? Are you the one printing? Or to buy a Torah book and then review it and make sure there are no mistakes and correct it. There isn't such a thing in Jewish custom, in Jewish behavior. We just buy the book and goodbye. We did the mitzvah. How? How could the rush decide that the mitzvah is no longer writing the books. The mitzvah is just buying the books. Especially keeping in mind that in dispute A, the halacha is like the Ramah, namely that you must write the Torah. Buying the Torah is not enough. So now when the rush comes in dispute B and says, well, we're not dealing with Torahs anymore. We're now dealing with Torah books because that's what we use nowadays. But he should at least still have to maintain the Ramah's ruling because that's the halacha. At those Torah books, you have to participate in the writing. You just go and buy them and that's it. What's the logic? How did you do the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah? This is question one and two, really. It's not a Sefer Torah and you didn't write them. It's books and you bought them. 
Simple questions, so to speak. And then question three, the Rebbe says, explain dispute A. How could there be a dispute? Or whether or not you have to write the Torah or if you can buy one, when the Torah explicitly says you should write it. So what's going on? These are the Rebbe's questions. And the Rebbe presents first the CW, the conventional wisdom, which is the Akrenim, the latter-day uh, commentaries, including the Shagasari, a brilliant latter-day commentary, who says, uh, who answers some of these questions. For the sake of clarity, I'm applying this to all three. The Rebbe explicitly in the Sikha applies this to questions two and three, but I think it, it works for all three. And that is, says the Shagasari, there's two ways to look at this mitzvah, mitzvah number 613. One is that the mitzvah is to write a Torah, and one is to have Torah, to have a Torah. And what's the logic of the second approach? It says to write. Yeah, but there's an extension. There's a continuation to that verse. You should write a Torah to be able to study in it and teach it. So therefore, the main thing is the result that you should have it. It's not about writing it. And if we go with this, this will explain um, dispute A. The Rambam of the Rambam hold, you have to write it. Because they take that side of the, of the thinking. The Torah says, write it. It's a command. It's a, it's a call for action. It's not a call for a result. But you should have it. It says to write it. That means what it says. Whereas Rashi and the Muki Yosef, they would say that the Torah says to write it in order to study it, which means in order to have it. So the main thing is to have it. doesn't matter how you got it. So that explains uh, dispute A. That's question three. It also will explain now question two. What was question two? How come we don't find that people are participating in writing or printing books? They're just buying the books. And the answer is going to be that since the rush is the one who gives us the allowance to buy books instead of a Sefer Torah scroll itself. And the rush is leaning, we're saying, the thinking of the rush is based on the right column on the screen. That the mitzvah is not the action of writing, but the mitzvah is the result of having the Torah scroll so that you can learn in it. And therefore, there's no need to be involved in the printing process. Just make sure you have the books. And answers too. And by extension, we can sort of answer also question one. Question one is the bombshell, most basic question. How could the rush change the Torah's explicit instructions? And one might say, according to this thinking of the Shagas area, that uh, the rush's thinking is that uh, the explicit instructions ne really never was specific about the action. It's about the result. And the result is that you should be able to study Torah. It's much easier to study Torah in books versus a Torah scroll. So this is might be, this might be one way to answer these questions, says the Rebbe, as discussed in conventional wisdom of modern day scholars. However, the Rebbe at the bottom of the screen refutes this approach because, first of all, the Rosh clearly says the mitzvah is to write a Torah. 
he actually quotes the same language of Rambam, quoting Rambam actually, and saying that the mitzvah is to write a Torah. Nowadays, since we know with the Torah is kept in the shul and we use Torah books to study, the mitzvah is to write Torah books. So the Rush clearly uses the word write. So it is doesn't work for the Rebbe to say that the Rush will hold that there never was a mitzvah calling for an action to write, but only a mitzvah for a result to have. The Rush says to write. He says it over and over. He clearly doesn't disagree with the Rambam on the fundamental of this mitzvah. So that uh, we're back to uh, what we still don't understand. How we can be suddenly changed. And um, also, if you think about it, it becomes a, a little bit of a contradiction. If we use the Shagasariya thinking that these are the two sides of the argument, where the mitzvah is to write the Torah or have the Torah. And we're going to say that the rush is the one who says you just have to have it. But the Ramah, remember, in dispute A, says that you have to write it. The halacha is like the Ramah, and the halacha is like the rush. That will be a contradiction. So if you want to resolve these two arguments with one and the understanding behind these two disputes, by one simple ruling and thought process, by one ruler, if you will, of the Shagas Arya, the difference between the mitzvah being to write or to have, you got a problem. Because in dispute A, the ruling goes like the Ramah, and in dispute B, the ruling goes like the Rush, and they're opposite sides of this thought process. Bottom line says the Rebbe, we therefore cannot use this, the Rebbe at least doesn't accept this approach to resolve these issues, so we're back with our three questions. So we go to the next screen, and we have all the three questions again. I've reprinted them here, if you will. We have uh, we have uh, again, we have on the screen the two disputes, and we have the three questions of the Rebbe, and we are back to square A. Number one, how could the rush change the mitzvah from an explicit instruction? says to write a Torah scroll and you decide that you're going to buy books. It's not a Torah scroll, but books. Question two. And if it's books, at least you should have to write those books. And we don't find such a concept. You're just buying books. And again, especially after in dispute A, the halacha going down on the side of the Ramah. That you that the mitzvah is to is an action to write. Suddenly, when that mitzvah transfers over to books, somehow, suddenly it loses the call to action to write, and you could just buy them. And uh, the language, the suggestion that that is exactly the difference of of to write versus to have. The Rebbe has refuted it because the language of the rush. This is the main refutation. is very strongly similar to Rambam except in his bottom line, he's different, but he's very similar to mitzvah, is to write the Torah, and now the mitzvah is to write the books. He uses that, that verb, that call to action, and therefore the Shagasari uh, explanation doesn't work for the Rebbe. And now we then therefore have also question three, how do we understand this dispute A? This dispute A is, is, is a wonder. 
How could people argue whether or not you have to write the Torah if you can buy it when it says clearly in the Torah? You have to write it. So if you have the Shagasarius thought process, that there are some who hold the mitzvah never was to write. The mitzvah was just to have. That makes sense. So buying a Torah, you have it. But if we've refuted that, and why? Because the language is Rambam and in the rush, the language is to write it. So how can there be an opinion that says, yeah, you don't have to write it. It says that you have to write it. So what's the logic? That's question three. So the Rebbe introduces another approach. Rebbe introduces another approach. And that is that a mitzvah, a mitzvah, every mitzvah, I guess, I don't know, but many mitzvahs and certainly this mitzvah. A mitzvah has two things, two components. There's the actual mitzvah, and then there are the details of the mitzvah. Now, just a plain example, there's a mitzvah to a mezuzah. There's a mitzvah, the actual mitzvah is a fix to mezuzah. The details are that you have to write the mezuzah if you want to affix it. And, and, and it's written in the Torah. It says in the mitzvah that you should write it on mezuzah. But everyone understands it's not a requirement to write a mezuzah. The, the mitzvah is to affix it. The proof is that when you put a mezuzah, you don't make a bracha to write it. You make a bracha to affix it. Except in order to affix it, you have to write it. So that's, that's just a definition. The Rebbe is introducing us to a way of thinking that differentiates between what is the actual mitzvah in the Hebrew language, Gedera mitzvah, the definition of the mitzvah, and what are some of the details that are required to do this mitzvah. They're important, they're required. You can't put up a mezuzah, you don't have a written mezuzah. But that's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is the actual mitzvah, is the fixing the mitzvahs. And what's the difference between these two things, the actual mitzvah and the details? The difference is going to be that the actual mitzvah is eternal and it's unchangeable. The whole world can turn upside down. The mitzvah can never change. That's the definition of the mitzvah. Where it comes to the mitzvah's details, theoretically, we could change. If there's totally new circumstances, we find examples, and the Rebbe says many examples, numerous examples, where the mitzvah is applied differently, even though the essential mitzvah is eternal and unchanged, or the details can change. So to open our eyes to this, our minds to this, the Rebbe gives some examples. I'm only citing a couple of them. The Rebbe brings more. It's a mitzvah on the holidays, Shalosh the three pilgrimage festivals, to bring Shalmi Simcha, the Rebbe Jew, who goes up, has to bring a peace offering of joy. And this is the way we do the mitzvah, to rejoice on your festivals. Because you bring a peace offering, Shlomim, and uh, the Cohen gets, and the altar gets, and the person gets, you bring it back to your hotel in Jerusalem, and you celebrate with your family, and it brings joy, because meat brings joy, and celebration brings joy, etc. Now that we don't have a base Hamikdash, does that mitzvah not exist? And the answer is no. Today we do the mitzvah of rejoicing in your festivals, which in temple days meant um, the shlamim, the peace offerings. Today we do it with eating meat. Not bringing any offerings, because you're not allowed to bring offerings till Mashiach comes. But with eating meat, the language is that ain't simcha alababasar. Joy comes up by eating meat. 
So the Rebbe says, take a look what happened there. The mitzvah, the actual mitzvah, is the joy, perhaps, of the mitzvah, which was done then through a sacrifice. Now you can't do a sacrifice, you do it through meat. But the meat doesn't have the same details. It doesn't have the requirements that it has to be eaten in a state of ritual purity, and it has to be eaten within the walls of Jerusalem, etc. These are details that are binding when it comes to peace offering. They're not binding when you're eating your meat. You're eating your meat, you go to the butcher and you buy yourself a kosher meat and you eat it in Brooklyn or wherever you live, on Long Island. And this is considered doing the mitzvah, albeit in the gullus form, the only way we can do it now, of the same mitzvah of Shalmei Simcha that we did then through the peace offerings. How can that be? You should have to, you should have to eat it in purity in Jerusalem. And the answer is, the, the, the mitzvah, the, the, the actual mitzvah is the joy that comes from the meat. The details are subject to change if the world changed, that there's no more Beis HaMikdash temporarily. So this is an example that once we understand that there's a difference between the actual definition of the mitzvah and its details, we can differentiate that the definition will never change and the details can sometimes change in a drastic circumstance that the other way doesn't exist anymore. There's no Beis HaMikdash. Another example is the daily offerings that were brought in the temple, the Beis HaMikdash, which are part of an important way of serving Hashem. We now don't do it anymore. We do it through our daily prayers. Shachros Mincha, morning prayer, afternoon prayer. Even the evening prayer is related to, to the burning of the fats that was done in the evening. But we don't find that, for example, this application of that mitzvah should have the same details binding us. As a, for instance, we don't require a Kohen in order to do prayers. We could pray with a minion. If there's no Kohen, we could even pray at home, even if we're not a Kohen. When it came to the sacrifices in the temple, that was done strictly by a Kohen. So how could this change if the prayer is in place of the sacrifices? So much so is the prayer in place of the sacrifices that a lot of the conditions remain. For example, the prayer for the morning sacrifice has to be done in the morning. And for the afternoon sacrifice in the afternoon, and relatively in the same time frame when the original sacrifices had to be brought. So this is the same mitzvah. So how come you don't require the detail of the Kohen? And the answer to the Kohen is a detail. And subject to change. The Rebbe says that there's sometimes that there were occasions when offerings before temple days when they were brought in the uh, bummel, in the uh, the the uh, makeshift altars that were put up before temple days without a kai, and you didn't need a kai. So the concept is not necessarily part and parcel of the mitzvah. It's not the mitzvah isn't. The essential mitzvah isn't bring a carbon and use a kohen. The mitzvah is to bring a sacrifice. At a certain time, that's what's binding. Serve Hashem through a sacrifice on a certain time. And one of the details is a kohen. Now we don't have the sacrifice. We only have the prayer. So we still offer it at a certain time, but we don't offer it. We don't need a kohen to offer it. So again, another example that the details are subject to change when the world changes, when the circumstance changes. So now that we have introduced this concept, says the Rebbe, let's understand the mitzvah of writing a Torah. And the Rebbe introduces a novel way, and this is the main, if one could say, the main chiddush, the main innovation of this sikha. The Rebbe says, I'm going to tell you my understanding of this mitzvah. There's a mitzvah in the Torah before this mitzvah, that you have to study Torah. 
and teach it to your children, and you have to study it and know it, remember it. You should study it in a way that you should immediately be able to answer. Torah commands and expects us to learn Torah that we should know it, we should be clear, we should be fluent. It's important. We shouldn't forget it. Comes along Torah right at the end, at the mitzvah 613, and adds another mitzvah. But it's related to that mitzvah. And that is, in addition to studying Torah and studying it well, so you should remember it. You, you got to put it in writing. You got to document it. To me, that's the best word that encapsulates the Rebbe's approach to this mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that you document the Torah. But not it's not just without a reason. As the Torah itself says, you should do it in order you should study it and teach it and put it in their mouths. There should be a testimony for the Jewish people, unquote. Document it in order so that you will be able to study it better. When you have a document, you can go back to remember if you forgot a few details. Um, there's a principle that reading from a document, uh, the words bring wisdom to a person when they actually see what they're studying and processing, etc., etc. And therefore, this is a, a part and parcel or an extension of the mitzvah of Torah study, albeit another mitzvah. But for the same purpose that you should study and know it, ha! Huh, just study it and teach it and be sharp about it and be clear about it. Document it. That's the mitzvah. Says the Rebbe, it's not the mitzvah to, to have a document, as the Shagasarya would have it, that according to one approach is the mitzvah to do it, and one approach is the mitzvah to have the result. No. It's clear in the Torah, the Torah is calling you to action. Nobody takes the approach, uh, no opinion here takes the approach, says the Rebbe, that it's just the result that's commanded. It's a mitzvah, I say, it's an, it's an action-oriented mitzvah. However, it's an action-oriented mitzvah with a content, with a purpose that's clear, that the Torah should be documented in order that you should know it and you should learn it and you should have it. So how do you do that mitzvah? What are the details of that mitzvah? I understand the actual mitzvah. The that mitzvah, the definition of the mitzvah. You should do something, take an action to have a document of Torah. So that you can study and know it. But what are the details? So tell me how to do it. So it says the Rebbe that initially it was forbidden to write the oral Torah. It had to be passed down by tradition until Rabbi Huda Anasi came and, and realized Torah was going to be forgotten and changed that rule. So until that time, until the, until the year, I don't know, two, three hundred Kabbadera, it was disallowed to write anything but the written Torah. That's the only part of Torah that could be committed to writing, that could be documented. So therefore, if there is a mitzvah, the document Torah, and why? In order for me to know Torah and to know the laws and not to forget it, by definition, what's the detail of that mitzvah? To write a Torah scroll. And therefore, pre-Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, pre-the Mishnah days when it became allowed to write the Old Torah, the mitzvah included, its detail was to write a Torah scroll. There are no other options. And as part and parcel of that, writing a Torah scroll means all the laws of a Torah scroll. Torah scroll has laws. It's not just a document. It's a document that comes with conditions. It has to be written with, with a quill and with a person. And has to be written with a, a, a can't be written by a machine or by a monkey. 
has it written by a person who's a Torah believer and who's writing each word in the name of Hashem, especially for the sake of the Torah, and with all kind of conditions, sirtut, which means they have to indent the, the invisible lines so that you can write on them, etc., etc. Rabbi doesn't go into it, but there's many, many laws. There has to be space around each letter, and there has to be the crowns and the shapes and what have you. These are all binding. Even though they're not the definition of the mitzvah, they're the detail of the mitzvah, but it's the only way to do this mitzvah. Comes along now post-Mishnah, when Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi comes and says that now it's allowed and, and even an obligation and a requirement in order for Torah not to be forgotten, that we write all of oral Torah and people begin studying not only from the Torah scroll or not really from the Torah scroll so much, but studying from Chumashim and studying from Mishnah and Gemara and Halacha, etc. In all languages, whatever it is, whatever is easiest for the person to study. So now the actual mitzvah doesn't change. Namely, Make sure Torah is documented. Take an action to document it for you and your family so you don't forget it, so you can look at it, so you can be clear, so you can have the benefit of Isis Machim as the letters reminding you and the words giving you extra wisdom on the subject matter, etc., etc. The details of the mitzvah, they completely change. Because no one studies from a Torah school anymore. The details of the mitzvah, being, being that the purpose of the mitzvah is to have the Torah documented so that you'll know it and you'll have, it's a higher level of Torah study. How do you study Torah from a Torah scroll today? It's not how it's done. It's done for books. And therefore, the detail of the mitzvah shifts. But nothing changed about the essence of the mitzvah. But being that the detail of the mitzvah shifts into books, and all the other texts, it no longer has any of these laws of a Torah scroll. So we ask the question, how is it that the rush had the broad shoulders to change it? Question one. He didn't change the mitzvah. The mitzvah, the actual mitzvah is unchanged. Take an action to have Torah documented, to document Torah. The detail changed. It's a new world. We now have the oral Torah. Writing the written Torah is not going to help us remember the, the Torah study. It's not going to work. It didn't work. That's why Rabbi Huda Nasi changed it. So the rush is not uh, changing anything from Torah. He's keeping the actual mitzvah, and he totally agrees with Rambam that that's the mitzvah. Take an action. Not like the Shagasari, the mitzvah is just a habit. The result, the mitzvah is an action. But the detail of that mitzvah can change completely because now Torah study, which would accomplish all the wonderful things we said earlier in order to remember it and keep it fresh, is not done through a Torah scroll. It won't work. It's done through Torah books. So that answers our question one, how the rush had the broad shoulders to do it. Document Torah, how? Torah books. In any language, any subject of Torah, and halacha, and Gemara, and Mishnayis, etc. Chassidus. So now it also answers question two. So why don't we, when we go to the store, we buy a Torah book, why don't we go look through it and look for a correction? After all, there's a mitzvah to write a Torah scroll. Maybe you should have to write the book and fix the book. You got the whole thing wrong. There's a mitzvah to write a Torah scroll translation. It's a call to action to document Torah. Back in the day, that was the only way to do it. That's why the Torah uses that language. Today that it's done through books, the detail of the mitzvah has shifted. 
books don't have any requirement that it should be written by a person and by a quill and, and, and with special crowns on the letters. Just like nobody's going to say that when you buy the book, you should make sure it has the crowns on the letters and it has a special script and it's made on parchment. Why would someone introduce these to a printed book? They don't have these laws. So just the same way, it doesn't have the law that it needs to be written by a person. It's not a condition for, for, for studying in a printed book. It's a condition only in a Torah study. It doesn't require a human being writing it in a yid who's writing it with the intention of heaven. It requires that it should be printed. How it can be printed by a monkey. Today it could be printed by a machine. And therefore, when Torah commands you and I, it's an action mitzvah. Go ahead and document Torah. What is, how do you do that action? By buying books. You didn't write the book. You didn't get involved in commissioning an agent to write it or print it for you. None of these things of involving the person in the writing and in the printing are conditions that come up in any book other than a Torah scroll. And being that now we're not doing the mitzvah through Torah scroll, and why not? Because that detail has changed. Because that's not the essence of the actual mitzvah. So the new details, namely printed books or written books, don't have any of these... Uh, Strings attached. They have none of these conditions, none of these laws, including, and most importantly, they don't have the law that it has to be written by a person. So we no one checks to see if the printer was a yid, and no one commissions it. Doesn't matter. But what's the action? Remember, this is very important. The Rebbe is not taking the position of the Shagasaya, the mitzvah is to have the books. There's an action. Buy the book. It's a mitzvah saseh. It's a positive commandment. Buy the book. Now, what do we do with question, with question three? We have three questions. We try to answer them all according to the Shagasariya, but the Rebbe refuted it. And now the Rebbe gave us a different way to look at this whole thing. And we answered question one and two. But what about question three? Question three is, how do you deal with dispute number eight? Why are the two sides, two opinions of Rishenim, of, of original, of, of, of uh, you know, um, early commentaries, deciding that when you do the mitzvah of the sefetetah, of writing the sefetetah in the old-fashioned way of doing it, whether you have to write it or you can buy it, why are the two sides to this? We already decided that the that that uh, if you're writing a Torah scroll in the old-fashioned way, you're not only sticking to the original um, actual mitzvah, but you're also keeping the mitzvah's details in the way they were originally done pre-Mishnah. If you're doing the original details, so it should require that you should write it. How could Rasha and Mukha Yosef say, nah, you can buy it, it's fine. Torah says, write it. And you're doing it now after the Mishnah days or before in the original way, not just the actual mitzvah, but even the details. You're maintaining the way they were originally. So how could you interpret the word kisrolachem to write it? That it means just to buy it. 
we just explained beautifully that the detail of writing a Torah includes all the laws of Torah writing. And therefore, you should have to write it, which includes the human element. So how could you buy it? So the Rebbe says, I just, for clarity, I, 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 I cut and paste, copied and pasted the dispute A in front of you on the screen. The explanation to this is the second half of the screen. The Rebbe says, well, we already know that there's the actual mitzvah and the mitzvah details. And this person is actually writing a safer tone, either because nowadays, because they chose to do the mitzvah in that way, or pre-Mishnah, they did the mitzvah in that way. So they're writing an actual Sefer Torah, and we have two opinions of whether or not they have to write or they can buy it. So the Rebbe says, but even that, again, we just differentiated that there's the mitzvah, there's the details of the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to document Torah. And the detail is through a Torah scroll, with all its applicable laws. The question becomes another one. Are the details of the mitzvah part and parcel of the mitzvah or just a preparation for the mitzvah? And therefore, how obligatory are they on the person? So the Ram and the Ramah will say that the details of the mitzvah become part of the actual mitzvah since they are, they're part of making the mitzvah happen. So therefore, you're sort of obligated to write this Torah scroll because that's the detail of the mitzvah. Whereas Rashid and Yukum Yosef would say, the mitzvah is not that you should write a Torah scroll. The mitzvah is that you should take an action to make sure the Torah scroll, that you have the Torah document. And how will you do it? Through a Torah scroll. But if you take a purchase, you, you also took an action. And, um, and you, did the, you still did the mitzvah. You did the main mitzvah. You're, the detail of the mitzvah, the preparation, you know, maybe I'm going out on a limb, but look at the mitzvah mentioned earlier by the Rebbe, the mezuzah. Nobody says that I have to write my own mezuzah, even though in order to have mezuzah, it has to be written. And the Torah even uses the word, them, you should write it. But it doesn't mean I have to write it, I go buy it. There isn't such an opinion. And why not? Because the mitzvah is to affix a mezuzah. But in order to affix, there has to be a written mezuzah. I have to write it. Where is it written that the detail and slash the preparation to the mitzvah is part and parcel of the mitzvah and therefore becomes an obligation on the person? It has to be done. I have to do it. Whereas Rashi and Ram, Rambam and Ramah, they hold now that there's a concept, and this is brought in other sikhs as well, that details of the mitzvah, which are important, imperative details, sometimes called a heksha mitzvah preparation, or important part of the mitzvah, is so important that now... The same way the mitzvah is obligation on the person, these details are an obligation on the person. And therefore you have to actually write your tongue. There's some details that I missed. And it's a very deep, complex sikha. But, but hopefully this helped, this helped one person understand the sikha. It was worth my effort. I, I am not covering the last uh, ice at all, last the last chapter, but I do want to cover chapter 11, pardon the pun. I, I completely did not cover uh, chapter 12 and even chapter 10 really. But chapter 11, I think is very important. 
and, and that is, now that we understand this whole thing, what do we get from this? It's a mitzvah, and it's not just a mitzvah, it's a very important mitzvah coming Shavuot, it's the last mitzvah of the Torah, that every person has a mitzvah. Document Torah. Do something to receive the Torah. And we settle all the disputes. Yes, back in the day it was done by actually writing the Torah. Today, Halacha says that it's actually just as good and better to do it through buying Torah books. And this is not disqualifying or changing, God forbid, the essential mitzvah. The mitzvah isn't to have. The mitzvah is to take an action to document. But the action that need not be writing, the action can be buying, as we explained. Because the detail of the mitzvah shifted from a safer Torah to printed books. So we have clarity. We know what to do. We got to buy his books. The Rebbe says that there's something that sweetens this whole thing up. And that is the language of the Gemara and, Shabbat, and the Rambam and other places. Is that a person who does this mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah? This mitzvah, it's as if they received it from Mount Sinai. The way I understand what the Rebbe is saying in this chapter 11, that, that the mitzvah of Kabbalah Satayra, Hashem gave the Torah, but then it's incumbent on each of us to accept it. And that's an action. It's separate and apart from the mitzvah of learning Torah and doing other mitzvahs and knowing the Torah. There's a mitzvah of Kabbalah, there's a concept of, I'm giving you the Torah, I want you to accept it. That requires an action. And that becomes really the essence of the Rebbe's Chiddush, of the Rebbe's innovation in this Sikh. If the essence of the mitzvah was the requirement to write, and today we no longer write, so we don't have the mitzvah. No, the essence is not the requirement to write or to have. The essence is the requirement to take an action to document Torah. What that action entails will change. When all you can do is write Torah Shabbat, the written Torah, that's the action. Now that it's Torah Shabbat, the oral Torah, the action is to obtain by Torah books, but that too is an action. You have to do it. The common denominator of both, that you did an action. It's not a result as the Shagas Arya would have it. It's an action. That means I'm a Kabbal Torah. Shem gives the Torah, and I go ahead and take it. This is separate and apart from the mitzvah. Learning Torah, it's not an action, it's done with your brain and your mouth. Writing a Torah or buying books, you go to the store and you take money and you buy books, it's an action. It's Kabbalah's Hatayda. It's accepting the Torah. The language is, um, I'm looking to see if there's a language Kabbalah's Hatayda with his hands. I don't know if it says that. But um, I think it does say someplace. But the Rebbe is not quoting it here. The mitzvah is that he's, he's accepting the Torah. He's doing an action. Which goes in line of the whole Chassidus that, the, you know, as per Tanya, chapter 37, right? That the, doing the mitzvahs physically brings the Torah down. In the context of Shavuot, of course, there's a mitzvah to learn Torah. But there's also a mitzvah to accept Torah. And that requires an action. 